Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. And good morning to listeners out there. This is Annie for Showreel on 3CR. And before we get down to the guts of the program today, we've got a couple of giveaways, uh, double passes to go and see an Australian film that's opening this week, Brother's Nest. Great film, it actually is. It's by Clayton Jacobson and it stars Clayton Jacobson and his um, possibly more famous brother. Uh, but it's a great little number, a bit dark, but uh, definitely worth going to see. So if you're interested in a uh, ticket, then give uh, the desk a call, 94198377, and leave your name and address, and I will send you a ticket, a double pass to go and see that. But now let's segue, as the mighty Humphrey McQueen would say, to what the... uh, uh, purpose of the program today, which is to look a little bit at it, one of the films from the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, which starts on the 6th of July and goes to the 14th of July. And in the studio, we've got Gemma Van Lowenen. G'day, Gemma. Hi. Yep. Uh, now, Gemma has made a film called Bam Bam. Bam Bam? Yep, yep. And uh, and before we go into looking at Bam Bam, which is actually about uh, the uh, ambitions of uh, a boxer to become world amateur boxing champion for Australia at a flyweight um, division. Yep. Yep. Uh, let's first investigate how you got into this uh, jam called filmmaking. <laughs> Exactly. How did I get into it? Um, I've, I mean, I've, I've always been interested in writing and in film. Um, even back at high school, it was kind of like a bit of a dream that I had. Um, and I didn't do that, though, when I left high school. <laughs> I noticed that you started off at uh, RMIT doing script writing. And now I tried to do a bit of script writing and I've done a lot of uh, uh, reading of scripts. Mm-hmm. And it's a real art. Tell me tell me about your uh, journey into script writing. Um, well, I mean, I so I used to work in social work and then I decided I kind of... Well, you didn't a, want to do that. Yeah, I'd had enough of that. And, they and gave you lots of stories? It gave me a lot of stories. <laughs> There's a lot <laughs> of stories in that world. Um, but I wanted to 
try this thing called film and screenwriting. So, yeah, I went to RMIT and studied yeah, but why? that. Why? You wanted to express yourself? You yes. wanted to make it a bigger, uh, uh, have more agency? Yes, and have more creativity, I guess. There's not, I mean, there's a form of creativity in social work, but it's not what I was looking for. Um, so I, w- I thought, you know, I need You wanted to, to create artifacts. Yeah, and art and tell pe- I, s- I wanted to tell people's stories, I guess, whether that's a fictional character or a real-life, you know, person, as in documentary. Um, so, yeah. That was. I saw what that about as... actual doing the scripts? Because most people who don't have anything to do with this don't realise that actually film is visual, mm. and when you write a script, yeah, it's really different to writing a book. That's right. <laughs> it's definitely an art form to it, and I think I. I mean, you know, that's what I learned at doing the, the course at RMIT. Um, was that art of how to write in a visual way. And at first it kind of is really awkward and you don't quite get it and you want to just tell the story in words, but it doesn't work like that. It's got to be how is it going to look, what are you going to see? And um, and what are you going to feel? Yeah, and how can you create that in a visual way rather than just words on a page because no one's going to read the script. People are going to watch the film. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's got right. to be. Uh, it, you made, uh, you've made a, a variety of small films mm. and many of them, uh, the films that you've made have actually uh, been quite well appreciated by uh, audiences. I hope so. <laughs> you know, you've won a couple of awards and stuff. So yes. th- that process of going from script to screen, that it's not just – and you're the director. You're not just the writer. You're the mm. director, which means that you actually have to pull together uh, people who are prepared to go along your ride. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I think – I mean, it's a – there's a tendency if you're writing and directing to not necessarily – tell all the story in the script or like it's in your head so you feel like you don't have to put it down on the paper or you don't have to articulate it so much to your crew but I've realized how important that is to make sure that it what is in your head is on the paper so that that that's like your bible for your filmmaking and that's your tool for communicating to your crew about what the vision is um, because they're not mind readers. They're not. <laughs> I've learned that too. <laughs> um, so yeah, that I just have come to realise. Even though you know people tell you that, but you've got to learn it and do it. So how important it is to make sure your script is exactly how you visualise it being, but then also being flexible and open to things changing when you're on set and the nuances of what's going on with your actors or that kind of thing. So it hasn't let you down. You actually do really enjoy it. Yeah, I really love that process. Yes. It's, it's There's something like it has its own life and its own vibrancy that is bigger than what you are or what you're even envisaging and then what other people bring to it makes it something even bigger as well. Like I find that really poetic or <laughs> beautiful or something like no, that. No, no, but that's the thing. That's the, that's that's the what thing. brings you to it, yeah. yeah that's that's why thing. you keep coming back and doing it again, even though you have no money and all of that stuff. <laughs> well, talking about money, you, you, uh, you, you work with someone who uh, – 
refuses to say a word. <laughs> but um, he you, takes photos. Yeah, but you've you've created a company. You've taken the next step. Uh, where you you you've created a, a, a Lola Palooza films, <laughs> yes. Uh, which basically the core element is you, the talent, and um, the other person who uh, knows how to make money, which is completely other worldly talent, I'll have to say. Um, uh, but th- that's a gift to be able to have someone who's prepared on another level to go on your ride. Yeah, I, yes, it is. You're right. <laughs> I'm is. not supposed to be doing all the talking here, girl. <laughs> it, is, it is a gift. And um, I guess I'm in a fortu- fortunate position to have that support. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, I mean, and also, uh, if you look at it on a, a particular level, you've gone from uh, the idea, the study, the doing, and then you had to come up with a business model, which is, you know, this is an important factor that, that people need to understand when you're actually trying to make art. Mm. And that, yeah, it's kind in of. In this framework. Yeah, it's a, I mean, the whole business side of things is very. N- Nebulous. It's not my. It's not my natural way of being. Personally. Yeah, no, no. It's a. It's a real <laughs> skill. It's. It, it's. It's something that people need to take on board. Uh, so the next thing is that, I, uh, and I'm talking to Gemma Van Loen, who has got a film that's going to be showing at the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. It's going to be shown on Saturday, the 14th of July at 2:45, and it's. Uh, in fact. Do you know where it's showing? Cause Back, at Backlot Studios in Southbank. Yeah, right, Backlot. Um, and it's called Bam Bam. And it is, uh, you were saying to me, it's a documentary, yes. and you were saying to me that you thought that making a documentary would be cheaper, cheaper <laughs> and it's the script would be easier. But what you've discovered is that is not true. I mean, it's a completely different kettle of fish, isn't it? Um, yes, I, I went into it thinking it would be cheaper, and because you you know I thought you were not having to pay for such big lighting or equipment or all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, in some ways, this was expensive because it was involving travel. So we had international travel and travel within Australia and stuff like that. So that was, I guess, a large portion of the expense. Um, but it's such a different format to fiction and it's so much more that you're creating like you don't you have an idea of what your story is but it's hap- it's unfolding before you so you don't really exactly know and you can't control it and you can't go oh hang on can we go back and shoot that again because I didn't quite get that because <laughs> no it's already gone and happened because it's real <laughs> Um, so I must say that uh, having done a lot of radio recording and stuff like that, I have moments where I think, oh, my God, and I live with the terrible moments of, that you missed. Exactly. You can't I wish that person would that tell me that again. story again. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's, it's really learning that responsiveness in the moment and having people that you trust who are able to capture moments and the, the technical delivery so the camera person mm. the sound person so did you have a, a little crew like that initially I started out just as myself and a camera um, which I actually think was an important process in terms of creating a trust relationship with Bianca 
Um, but yes, I did then get on board some other crew to be, you know, to do camera and sound and that kind of thing. And yeah, I found they I, like they were awesome in terms of when I look back at what they got, I'm like, wow, they got those beautiful moments that I wasn't even aware necessarily that were going on because I was focused on something else or I was focused on trying to get some answer from Bianca, but they're capturing these beautiful moments. So what you're really saying is the person who thinks only as the eye and the person who only thinks as the ear, they have their own skills. Yeah, definitely. I did an interview with a per- – this is an aside – I did an interview with a person who does sound landscapes mm-hmm. and I asked him what he did for a hobby and he told me he listens. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought – I mean, and that's what you're really saying, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. That's – I mean, it helps having those people with those skills and that kind of narrow focus in a way because that means that they've got that covered and you can just let that go to them and focus on the overall picture. Now, we'll, I'm t- you're on uh, Showreel with Annie and we're talking to Gemma Van Loen, who is the writer and director of a film called Bam Bam. We'll talk a little bit more about Bam Bam, but before we do, some important messages. Tune in to On Screen and find out more about what's on the big and the small screen each Saturday, 11am till 12 noon on 3CR. It's a program on film, on filmmakers and on film festivals. It's called On Screen, Mm, but it's on the radio, 3CR. Hi, my name is Rolf de Heer. I don't live in Melbourne. I live across the water in Tasmania. But if I did live in Melbourne, my number one radio station would be 3CR because it's about community and community matters. Each year, the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival curates world-class local and international features direct from some of the hottest, most prestigious documentary film festivals in the world, like Cannes, Doc New York City, South by Southwest and Sundance. This year, opening night is on Friday the 6th of July at 7pm at Cinema Nova Carlton. The festival kicks off with Film Worker, the incredible true story of Stanley Kubrick's mysterious assistant. For more details, go to mdff.org.au. See you there. The Melbourne Documentary Film Festival is a 3CR supporter. And you're on Showreel with Annie and we're talking to Gemma Van Lonen who has a film in uh, the uh, Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. It's Bam Bam. Now let's get down to brass tacks. Why did you pick uh, uh, her name, Bianca Almir, for the focus of this film? Um, I mean, the story behind it is at the time I was actually trying to write a fictional kind of screenplay about a young Muslim who is getting bullied at school and she takes up boxing as a means of self-defence. So you just imagined this? I did. And then you found someone who fitted the bill. I, I did. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, the um, Bianca was in, because she's, she's not from Melbourne, she's from Canberra, um, but she was in Melbourne training some Muslim women in self-defence and The Age happened to do an article on it, which I saw, and so I contacted her and... The rest is history, I guess. Um, 
But I guess she, as a person and a character, really engaged me because of because of how bold she is. And yeah, because, what a gift. Yeah, she's so vivacious and such a big personality and and she doesn't care what people think of her. Like she's just like, well, this is who I am and take it or leave it. You can do what you want with it. And I really, I guess, liked that bravado about her but also there's a sincerity and genuine desire in her to become a better person and self-reflection and and her own struggles with her own self which um yeah so I really I was very engaged in that and the boxing element tell me about that why that (laughs) um I mean I like this idea that women can be physically strong and can go countercultural. I like countercultural stories, I guess. And she's countercultural in many ways. She's countercultural as a Muslim, she's countercultural as a woman and she's countercultural as a boxer. Um so I I was wanting to to open up some of those stories. There's not not a lot of those yeah, stories no. in the mainstream. Um and yeah, so I wanted to tell something that was a bit countercultural, whatever you want to call it, a bit different. Um, well, I found it a really fascinating ro- ride in the sense that uh, the character, she is a fascinating person. Mm. Uh, also, the interactions with family and boxing itself, mm. uh, it, which is curious. And also, of course, the how it's uh, con- connected to the uh, Boxing Australian uh, Australia uh, hierarchy that mm. surrounds because she's trying to achieve a particular aim, which is to uh, become the uh, world amateur boxing champion. She goes to, you know, her aim is to be in the Olympics. She wants to be the best. She's, yep. she, uh, and she makes no bones about it. But how you become the best is actually extraordinarily difficult. Uh when you were saying that uh, it unfolds before your very eyes, and this was a journey that you took for four years, mm. it's a long time, uh, you didn't know what, how it was going to end. That was quite clear because you don't. But um, you must have decided certain elements, blocked in certain elements that you wanted to have in the film to make it into a structure. How did you handle that? How did you get the family to sit there, for example, and talk to you with the uncle with his with his, unable to stop using his phone? <laughs> um, I think, I mean that that was actually completely impromptu. Um, that was because they're in Sydney, so I went up to Sydney, and Bianca said to me, "Oh, I wanted to redo an interview actually with her cousin because it hadn't turned out very well." And then Bianca was like, "Oh no, all the family's coming over. Just come over and and well, you can talk with them." And so I did. And <laughs> and so did you go? Oh, look at the layout, the physical layout, and say, "How are we going to sit them all down? How are you going to t- get this shot?" <laughs> Cause you, I, I, we, I shot that and did. I really wished that I had my camera person with me because it was actually really difficult for yeah. me on my own to cover the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and it worked. <laughs> I got, I mean, I got, I the mean, coverage. you know, you could have got, you could have got cutaways for and stuff sure, like that, but, but, but it worked. I got the content. That's what matters. Content. Yeah. Um, and I think. It was, I mean, it was all just impromptu. It was like, I mean, that was 
that was their lounge room, that was what there was, and okay, everyone just sit down. And I think first I actually did an interview with her grandma, and so that was a bit more focused. But then, yeah, we people sat down, and then as we're filming, more people came to the house, and they sat down, and it so it just kind of became this bigger and bigger thing. Um, Which is perfect because it was really described how that family worked. Mm. Yeah, it was really interesting because... Uh, it's visually really interesting as yeah. well, I think, how they sit on the couch and just that contrast between Bianca and her family. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And how she's in the centre there like that. Mm. And also how... Um, you know how there's this ongoing discussion about the clothing that uh, Muslim women uh, uh, observant. Uh, it's a cultural mm. thing, the clothing that they're wearing, which is seen as covering up. But the incredible energy of support for her really came across in the film. I found that really fascinating. Mm. It is. And I think... Um I mean, it's a you know all family relationships are interesting. Well, they're complicated, yeah. <laughs> so I think there's a, there's on the one hand there's this desire from her family for Bianca to be more traditional or more conservative. Well, they feel like they should say that. Yeah, I didn't I think her, I didn't think her granny sounded like she wanted her to be more traditional. To tell you the truth, I think <laughs> I think as she got Grandma as she get older, quite a fighter herself. <laughs> yeah, as people get older, they uh, throw aside uh, the. Uh, the so-called Tamils of uh, conservatism, I think, mm. if they yeah. fi- if they fight, definitely. I thought they were really proud of it. That's how it came across. Yeah, yeah, which is really interesting. It is. It's very, as you said, counterculture. It's very contrary to uh, the beliefs that uh, the broader community is supposed to have mm. of Muslim families. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Fascinating. Now let's get to the shooting of the. Um, Boxing, because, you know, boxing's actually quite gruelling. Yes, it is. Did you find it so? <laughs> um, to shoot it or? <laughs> well, yeah, because you're watching it. You have to, you can't, you can't avoid it. You have to watch the whole lot. Uh, maybe I'm desensitised to it yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I th- it's, yeah. I, no, I didn't find it gruelling. It was yeah. just. What about the theatre of the, it, uh, tell me about what you got from that theatre, because she's really involved. Like, there's a really fascinating re- revelation she ga- ga- does to camera about the theatre or the actual dynamics mm. of boxing and the weakness that comes out of the opponent and how you leap into that, mm. which is actually quite revealing and quite cruel. It is, and it's because it's interesting, that thing that, like, it's a sport, so you see it as, oh, well, it's a healthy thing and it's good, and but it's a violent sport, like, so there's a bloodlust in that, like, People, yeah. boxers want to inflict pain on other on other boxers. Like, why well, they want to be faster or, and sharper yeah. and uh, have the strategy. But then there's that next bit, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, which is definitely there. And I think you can't. I can't, I can't just gloss over that. That's you know, she's not a tennis player. She's a boxer. So <laughs> we need to talk about the fact that there's a violent aspect to this. And why did she choose that rather than choosing tennis or? Hockey or whatever, though I believe hockey's violent too. But. Oh yeah, no most most sports are actually violent. They're they're an expression of violence. Mm. Yes, which is uh, um, just because people call sport a healthy activity. I mean, you can actually run, or you can just you can do physical jerks without actually involving another person. Another it? person. 
<laughs> it is possible. Yes. We, I mean, we don't have to spend millions of dollars on uh, major events like uh, the World Cup mm. to actually get physically fit. No. I mean, we almost have run out of time. There's so many things to discuss. I mean, even elements like Boxing Australia. So you've got all these different elements. Certain things came out. The drama of it came out as you were going along. Were you surprised by, you know, the Boxing Australia, their role within that whole framework? Were you surprised by that? Um, I was surprised that they were not more interested in getting on board with me as a filmmaker doing something on boxing, but then I also wasn't surprised knowing the history between them and Bianca. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of angst between them and that's, you know, obviously played out in some of what's happened in terms mm, of... Because what came across to me was there was a lot of towing the line required, but also a, a revelation that actually sport isn't just about a fair fight. No. That's fascinating. You've got to be a certain type person, like, and I mean, it kind of goes back to that um, Dawn Fraser stuff that happened with her as well. And are you the right image for what we want as a sport sports person to represent our country? And a At, lot, yeah, yeah. A and lot. that idea that you shouldn't bring politics into sport, except that politics is right is. in it, the heart <laughs> of the business. Exactly. Politics is in everything. I don't think you can deny that. But, yeah, people try to deny its existence in sport and it's so obviously there and it's there's power plays that go on. Yeah. It, it, absolutely fascinating film, really, actually. It's called Bam Bam. It's going to be on sun, Saturday the 14th of July at 2.45pm at uh, back, back Lot. Now, Back Lot is in South Melbourne. You have to look it up. It's uh, part of an. Ex- it's under that uh, overpass uh, in Westgate that sort of no man. Yeah, this <laughs> no man's landy type place. But it's uh, on Hague Street. It's on Hague Street. And once you get there, it's uh, you walk across the uh, car park and you can see the door. It has backlock on it, and just go in. And it, then you open. It's like Magic Land. You open the door, and it's <laughs> a, a cinema. Whole cinema inside. <laughs> So it's worth it just to go and go down there for that. It's a great way to watch a film. Um, thanks for coming in and talking to us about it. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a fascinating thing to, uh, and it's part of the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. Coming up next is uh, published or not, and we're going to go out with something that's possibly a little less downbeat than I might not be uh, Robinson Crusoe that brought us into this uh, show. It's called Spirit Princess. Let's hope it uh, is uh, adoffing its hat to uh, Bianca Almir, who's a pocket rocket. Prince.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.